Hello and welcome to The Grove Zone. You have tuned into the podcast of the Union Grove Missionary Baptist Church of Warner Robins, Georgia. At Union Grove, we are learning, serving, giving, and connecting under the leadership of our senior pastor, Dr. David Anthony Clark, Sr. For more information on Union Grove, find us on the web at www. Dot the grove and now here's a word from the Lord we shared a word from first Timothy chapter 6 on last Sunday and this past Wednesday evening for e manor Bible study and we're going to wrap this up today in first Timothy chapter 6 although I'm not going to deal with this entire passage I want to read it just to put everything in context and just in case you were not here last Sunday or did not engage in e this past Wednesday, uh, reading 1 Timothy chapter 6, beginning at verse 6, will help all of us to be on the same page, so to speak, in terms of where our thought for today comes from. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse number 6, yet true godliness with contentment is itself great wealth. After all, we brought nothing into this world when we came into the world, and we can't take anything with us when we leave it. So if we have enough food and clothing, let us be content. But people who long to be rich fall into temptation and are trapped by many foolish and harmful desires that plunge them into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. And some people craving money have wandered from the true faith and pierced themselves with many sorrows. But you, Timothy... But you, Timothy, are a man of God, so run from all these evil things. Pursue righteousness and a godly life, along with faith, love, perseverance, and gentleness. Fight the good fight for the true faith. Hold tightly to the eternal life to which God has called you, which you have declared so well before many witnesses. And I charge you before God, who gives life to all, and before Christ Jesus, who gave a good testimony before Pontius Pilate that you obey this command without wavering. Then no one can find fault with you from now until our Lord Jesus Christ comes again. The 15th verse says, for at just the right time, Christ will be revealed from heaven by the blessed and only almighty God, the King of all kings, Lord of all lords. He alone can never die. And he, he lives in light so brilliant that no human can approach him. No human eye has ever seen him, nor ever will. All honor and power to him forever. Amen. Teach those who are rich in this world not to be proud and not to trust in their money, which is so unreliable. Their trust should be in God, who richly gives us all we need for our enjoyment. Tell them to use their money to do good. They should be rich in good works and generous to those in need, always being ready to share with others. By doing this, they will be storing up their treasure as a good foundation for the future so that they may experience true life. Timothy, verse 20 says, Timothy, guard what God has entrusted to you. Avoid godless, foolish discussions with those who oppose you with their so-called knowledge. Some people have wandered from the faith by following such foolishness. May God's grace be with you all. 
Uh, this past Sunday, we shared from the thought, but you, part one. This past Wednesday for E-Manor, we shared, but you, part two. And today, guess what? We're going to share from, but you, part three. But you, part three. The book of 1 Timothy is actually a letter written from the Apostle Paul to his spiritual son, Timothy. Paul has spent some time in Ephesus, and now Timothy is there leading the saints in developing and appointing leaders there in Ephesus. Paul was traveling through Macedonia thinking he would return soon to Ephesus. When things looked as if he would not return as soon as he thought, he picked up a pen and wrote this letter to his son, Timothy. This letter, then, is a message from one generation of activism to another. It is from one game changer to another up-and-coming game changer. Paul was indeed a game changer. He wrote 13 of the 27 books of the New Testament. Much of what we understand about church order, spiritual gifts, and Christian doctrine to include sanctification and justification by faith is due to writings from Paul's pen. He established and strengthened churches, which resulted in churches multiplying throughout Asia during his lifetime. If Timothy was to maximize his potential as a change agent for Christ, he would benefit tremendously by heeding Paul's advice. Some scholars suppose that Paul wrote this letter when he may have been in his mid-40s, while Timothy may have been in his early 30s. Paul wrote Timothy to encourage him, build him up, and empower him to maximize his potential as an anointed man of God. Paul wanted Timothy to avoid some traps that had ensnared so many powerful men and women of God. False teaching, the love of money, practicing domination and oppression over others, and in some case, personal timidity have, have historically ruined ministry. Many followers of Jesus were falling into such traps uh, as these that derailed them from their God-ordained journey. Paul understood this, and this is why he told Timothy in verse 11 of 1 Timothy chapter 6, But you, Timothy, but you are a man of God, so run from all these evil things. You are called to stand out. You are called to do a mighty work for God. And you, Timothy, you must be responsible for you and, and keep yourself from falling into these traps. And rather than fall into these traps, follow, follow after God. And the truth is that the same traps that were set in Paul and Timothy's day are still set in 2020. Today's anointed game changers can still be ensnared by false teaching, the love of money, practicing domination and oppression over others, and in some cases, personal timidity. We cannot afford to be ensnared by any of the enemy's traps. The game needs to be changed. The world needs to be changed. Police brutality is not just a racial problem isolated to the yet-to-be United States. It is a global problem of evil. Police brutality exists in Kenya, where you can be tear-gassed, beaten, or even killed simply for breaking curfew. Greed, the love of money, the desire to dominate and oppress others is yet alive and well today as it was in, Timoth in Paul and Timothy's day. We need anointed world changers to rise up. And if we're truthful, anyone committed to goodwill can change the world. But only the people of God in the kingdom can advance his, God's kingdom in the earth. And that is what we need the most. 
That is what is needed most. For the kingdom of God expands when his people surrender to his dominion and sovereignty in our hearts. We need kingdom-minded law enforcement officers, kingdom-minded mayors and, uh, and district attorneys, judges, correctional officers, military leaders, attorneys general, governors, CEOs, educators, parents, and church leaders. Paul saw a kingdom leader in Timothy, a world-changing kingdom leader. Tim cannot afford to miss his God-ordained destiny, and you can't either. So Paul, geographically distanced from Timothy, he's well beyond six feet away from Timothy. He wrote this letter to him, and we have it before us today. And this portion of this letter that Paul has written Timothy, uh, we've been dealing with it since last Sunday, and it seems to articulate Paul's concern with Timothy's satisfaction with ministry. I'm in verse number six real quick. Verse number six through verses eight says, yet true godliness with contentment is itself great wealth. After all, we brought nothing with us when we came into this world and we, can take any, we can't take anything with us when we leave it. So if we have enough food and clothing, let us be content. He encouraged Timothy to find contentment. He, he encouraged Timothy to find satisfaction within the will of God. Paul knew how challenging ministry could be. Leading God's people, enduring persecution, competing with all types of doctrine, sometimes serving with limited resources and support could be very dissatisfying. But in our text, we have heard Paul encourage Timothy to flee and be content, follow and be content, fight and be content, focus and be content. And today we hear Paul telling Timothy, be faithful and be content. That's where we're picking up. We're picking up where we left off. Paul is telling Timothy, be faithful and be content. Look at verse, verses 13 through 16. Verse 13, Paul says, I give thee charge in the sight of God, who quickeneth all things, and before Christ Jesus, who before Pontius Pilate witnessed a good confession. Here it is, that thou keep this commandment without spot, unrebukable, until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ. That word keep in verse 14 in the King James Version, that word keep, it means to watch, it means to observe, it means to, to guard, to, to protect or preserve. He, 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 is to, he is to keep this commandment, he, he is to guard it, he is to preserve it, and he is told, watch this, without spot and being unrebukable. Without spot, without any type of character flaws. Don't, don't let your character flaws dominate and, and, and eclipse the anointing that's on your life. He's telling Timothy when he says without spot and unrebukable, he's telling Timothy, Tim, keep the commandment and be faithful. Be, be faithful not only to the call on your life, but be faithful to demonstrating godly character. Tim, be faithful. Be faithful. Paul, Paul charged Timothy before God and Christ Jesus. And he says, Christ Jesus, who gave a good testimony before Pontius Pilate. That's in verse number 13. I hope you still have your Bibles open. And it's, it's, it's intriguing and interesting that he would mention Jesus, who uh, before Pontius Pilate had a good, uh, a good confession, a good testimony. And if you were to glance at John chapter 18, verses 33 to, to 37, you, could, you can get an idea as to what Jesus confessed. Confession, Jesus' testimony before Pontius Pilate was. Jesus is brought, he's dragged before the presence of Pontius Pilate, who's the governor of the, of the land in that day and time. And Pilate, Pilate, Pilate summoned Jesus and he simply asked him in John chapter 18, verses 33 to 37. He says, are you the king of the Jews? 
And Jesus said, uh, are you asking me this because you want to know or somebody, somebody told you something about this? Have you, have you heard this? Uh, are you, or do you want to know your owners or putting, people putting you up to asking me this? And, 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 and Pilate said, uh, I'm not a Jew. I'm in verse 35 of John 18. I'm, I'm not a Jew. Your own people and your chief priests handed you over to me. So, so what did you do? And Jesus said uh, in verse 36, my kingdom is not from this world. If my kingdom were from this world, my servants would fight to prevent me being handed over to the Jewish authorities. But now my kingdom is not from here. Then in verse 37 of John 18, Paul, uh, Pilate said, so you are a king. And Jesus said, you say that I'm a king. I have been born. Here's what I really want you to get. I have been born and have come into the world for this reason to testify to the truth. Everyone who belongs to the truth listens to my voice. Did you hear Jesus' confession? Did you hear Jesus' testimony? He said, uh, I, you say that I'm a king. I have been born and have come into the world for this reason, to testify to the truth. That was Jesus' confession before Pontius Pilate. That's his testimony that Paul alludes to here in our text. And so Paul, Paul has me wondering about some things. Paul has me asking uh, a certain questions. And, and I'm wondering if Paul is insinuating that as Jesus did not waver before Pilate, that Timothy ought not waver either. Uh, is, is Paul telling Timothy that as Jesus conveyed, I am who I am and it may cost me. I'm not going to deny my kingdom identity, who I am in the father's eyes in order to appease people. Is, is Paul telling Timothy that just as Jesus under pressure and under heat of persecution and the possibility at that point in time of losing his life, he still maintained uh, a true allegiance to his kingdom identity and and that and that Timothy should do the same thing is that is that what Paul means by be faithful that as Jesus was consistent in who he was even when he was in trouble that that we too must be consistent in in who we are in God's eyes who we are according to our kingdom identity no matter what comes our way I believe that may have something to do with it I believe that Jesus testimony before Pontius Pilate was Jesus asserting the purpose for which the father or Ordained. Jesus made it clear why he was born and why he came into the world to testify to the truth. And so to all the Timothys and all the Timothyquas who are streaming with us today, let me ask you, why are you here? Why were you born? Why did the Father ordain your birth and your existence in the world? Or let me ask you this. Why, why are you still here after all that you've gone through? After all that the devil has tried to do to take you out, you're still here. Why? I'll, I'll tell you why you're still here to testify to the truth. And the reason why you've gone through what you've gone through is because the devil wants you to become a victim of identity theft. He wants to rob you of your kingdom identity. The enemy wants you prioritizing worldly things because he knows that goes against your kingdom identity. Who God has called you to be and what he has ordained for you to do. The devil knows if he can get you to live out of character, then that's one less vessel at God's disposal to advance the kingdom of God. And too many others who were gifted and anointed have been seduced by the love of money power and greed and the and the and the desire to dominate others they 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 are victims of identity theft and the enemy the enemy has, has stolen their kingdom identity but you 
But you, but you don't fall for it. Don't, don't fall for it. And some have said that two of the most important dates in your life are the day you're born and the day you figure out why. Paul charged Timothy before God and Christ Jesus who gave a good testimony before Pontius Pilate. And just as Jesus was faithful to who the Father ordained for him to be, Paul was charging and encouraging and challenging Timothy to, be, to do likewise. But the question remains, as Paul has charged Timothy to obey this command, the question before us is, what command? What, what command? Paul told Timothy to faithfully keep, obey this command, be faithful and be content uh, with this command. But, but which command? Was it Paul's command to flee, to follow, and to fight? As we read in verses 11 and 12, was, was, it, was it the command to, to flee these things and follow after righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, and meekness? Was it, was it the command to fight the good fight of faith? Was it, was it a command, y'all, to become the man God ordained for Timothy to become? Was the command to be a kingdom man rather than a worldly man who sought contentment in material and earthly wealth? Paul charged Timothy to be faithful to be faithful and he he challenged Timothy to be faithful my encouragement to you today is to be faithful be faithful to who God has called you to be be faithful to your kingdom identity be be faithful to to the reason and the purpose for which God allowed you to be birthed and allowed you to be kept be faithful be be faithful and Paul also told Timothy uh, to be blameless to be blameless uh, and unrebukable which means uh, Paul is telling Timothy I want you to live with integrity integrity and I believe Paul was telling Timothy what I used to tell Travis when Travis was with us keep your nose clean Keep your nose clean. The word places great emphasis on being blameless and integrity. The consideration that the idea of the person being found blameless or kept blameless unto the coming of Christ is frequent in the epistles. We can even find it in 2 Timothy 3.14 or, or, or 2 Peter 3.14 where Peter wrote the words, And so, dear friends, while you are waiting for these things to happen, make every effort to be found living peaceful lives that are pure and blameless in his sight. Paul was encouraging Timothy to be a faithful man of God. His contentment, uh, his commitment to be uh, kingdom couldn't be a mere involvement in church. While outside of that involvement, he behaved as a sinner. His faithfulness had to come from the core of his being. It had to emerge from who he really was. He, he had to be more than someone who attended church or merely ushered or sang or taught Sunday school or served on security or preached. Or, and, and he had to faithfully obey the command of God. I believe this command that, that Paul is referring to, this, this encouragement for Timothy to be faithful, can be seen in how I, I've seen some videos where some, some, some dogs have been so well trained that especially with law enforcement or, or military personnel to where if, if, the, if the master was on their belly and low crawling, the dog also would be on its belly and low crawling. When the master would stop low crawling, the dog was so well trained that the dog would stop low crawling. Uh, I've seen videos where, where someone in law enforcement or someone in the military would stand up and they may have a firearm and they're, they're moving forward real slow and the dog would move forward real slow and if they stopped, the dog would stop. And if the master were to move backward real slow the dog also will move backward real slow whatever the master did the dog did wherever the master went the dog went however the master moved the dog moved 
Do you know how the dog was able to move when the master moved and stop when the master stopped and go in whatever direction and at whatever pace the master was going because that dog, and if you watch the video, there's a bunch of them on YouTube. If you watch that video, you'll see the dog never takes its eyes off the master. And that's what can help you and I to be faithful today. Keep our eyes on the master so that we may faithfully be who he's called us to be and, and accomplish what he's called for us to accomplish. Keep your eyes on the master. Move as he moves. When he stops, you stops. When he's looking to go in a different direction, you go in that same direction. When he slows down, you slow down. When he accelerates, you accelerate. Keep your eyes on the master and be faithful. Because when the father sees your faithfulness, he will be faithful to you. Won't God show himself faithful to you? Isn't he a faithful provider? Isn't he a faithful way maker? Isn't he faithful, a, faith, a faithful battle axe in the time of battle and faithful shelter in the time of storm? He promised to never leave us nor forsake us and he is faithful. With all the craziness going on in our world right now, some may be wondering where God is. I'll tell you where he is. He's right there, right where you are, right there with you in the midst of what you're going through. God is right there. He promised he'd never leave you nor forsake you and he's faithful to keep his promise so wherever you are he's there and he's the same God yesterday today and forever and if you were to ask me that's where contentment can come from contentment can come from knowing that God is right with me where I am if I'm in sickness God is right there as my healer if I'm in unemployment God is right there as my provider if I'm in the midst of a divorce God is right there as my protector and my shield if I'm being persecuted and harassed God is right there to defend me and yet open doors for me and yet make ways for me God is right there if you've been wondering where God is be faithful because God is faithful to you he promised he'd never leave you he promised he'd never forsake you and he he's staying right there with you and then and then Paul tells Timothy how long how long to be faithful he said uh, that in verse 14 that thou keep this commandment without spot unrebukable here it is until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ until until Jesus returns be faithful until Jesus cracks the sky be faithful there ought to be some level of contentment found in that truth that Jesus shall appear that Jesus shall return and when he appears the wicked shall cease their troubling the weary shall be at rest all of the saints of the ages shall sit at his feet and be blessed be faithful until then be faithful until Jesus returns be faithful until he cracks the clouds don't compromise your character don't compromise the call on your life be faithful you are a world changer be faithful and in Paul and Timothy's day the emperors were thought to be gods and were to be worshipped as such but the Christians didn't play that mess those who followed Jesus did not worship emperors as gods and God was decreeing in his word that Christ will return and prove to every emperor every king every queen every dictator and every president who wish he really was a dictator with unchecked authority that our Lord Jesus Christ is really as Paul said in verses 15 and 16 that he is king of kings lord of lords the only potentate who only hath immortality dwelling in the light which no man can approach unto he is king of kings he is lord of lords and at his name every knee shall bow every tongue shall confess that Jesus 
Jesus Christ is Lord if I were you no matter what you're going through right now I would surrender to him and be faithful but not only did Paul tell Timothy in so many words to be faithful and be content number six we also see as we move on from where we left off uh, we see Paul telling Timothy uh, be firm and be content be firm and be content Timothy you're young but but be firm and be content I'm in verses 17 through 19 in verse 17 the very first part of verse 17 Paul says charge them that are rich in this world that they be not high-minded nor trust in uncertain riches but in the living God who giveth us richly all things to enjoy the very beginning of that verse that 17th verse is where Paul is telling Timothy to be firm when Paul told Timothy uh, charge them he was telling him to be firm be firm as one who has authority uh, who, and who is under authority charge them as one who's not speaking on your own behalf but as one who has received a decree from a higher authority and and you share it as such it's not just it's not just good information to know it is something that is to be heeded it is something that is to be that is to be followed it is something uh, to be adhered to charge them Timothy be firm be firm be firm and tell them to be not high-minded nor trust in their money but rather trust God Timothy Paul is telling Timothy Tim you're a young man you're a young man you you can be a timid young man sometimes but but you are to be firm and exhort the rich to do good with their money they are to be generous if they are running their mouths about how messed up things are in their world, encourage them to put their money where their mouth is. Their money can change the world. Money talks, foolishness walks. They can be complainers or they can take their money and be world changers. And money has historically made a huge difference when it comes to ministry, missions, or a movement. Money from the Philippians and others financed Paul's ministry. Money helped birth HBCUs like Morehouse, Spelman, the Fort Valley State University, Albany State University, and so many others. Money has helped keep the NAACP around, as well as the Urban League and Southern Christian Leadership Conference. Money from celebrities like Harry Belafonte, Ossie Davis, Ruby D, Sidney Poitier, and Marlon Brando were among celebrities who donated significantly toward the civil rights movement in the 60s. Money is what has helped keep the NRA around, the National Rifle Association. In 2018, the NRA and its affiliates raised more than $412 million, even though they spent $423 million. That's an awful lot of money, especially when you compare the, the national NAACP's annual budget around 2016, 2017 was around $24 million. Listen, doing good with money is necessary when money is financing evil. Doing good with money is necessary, critical when money is financing evil. And Paul told Timothy to charge the rich to do good with their money. Where was, where was Timoth Timothy to find this firmness? Timothy's firmness was to come from a conviction that he was telling simply, that he was simply telling his rich sheep what the good shepherd told him what to tell them. He was to be firm. He was to be firm, but watch this, y'all. He was not to be harsh. He was not to speak as a dictator who could tell people what they could or could not do with their money. But he was to speak as one who had authority 
and was under authority, who was simply conveying a message that he was not, he was not the one who developed the message. He was simply the messenger develop, delivering the message from the one who wrote the message from on high. He was to be firm as a shepherd, hear me y'all, who doesn't want greed to cripple the saints or God's church or hinder the advancement of the Lord's kingdom. Be firm with people you love and want to see God perpetuate their financial prosperity. They may not understand it or immediately appreciate it, but you, man of God, Paul tells Timothy, be firm with people of God you love. Be firm. I hear Paul telling Timothy. I hear Paul telling us, be firm with those whom the Lord has blessed because God is firm when he speaks about pride that can cause one to be selfish. But he is also firm about compassion, about compassionate selflessness that can cause one to be generous. Be firm. Paul tells Timothy, told Timothy, be firm. The rich may not take you seriously at all since you're young. And sometimes this crowd won't pay much attention to people who don't run in their circles or fit in their class. They can sometimes measure up someone's worth by what they can afford. Then you have some who are just outright carnal and won't allow anyone to tell them what they ought do or could do with their money. But I hear Paul telling Timothy, Tim, be firm. Tell them how God is firm when he says he opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. Tell them, tell them, tell them, Timothy, that their wealth is not the result of hard work. They were not lucky. They weren't, they weren't wealthy because they were lucky. They weren't wealthy because they just happened to be at the right place or the right time. They weren't wealthy because the stock market happened to be kind to them. Timothy, tell them that their wealth came from God who gives us the power to get wealth and all things richly to enjoy. That's what he says in verse number 17. And then tell them to do good, to be rich in good works, ready to share, ready to make their money really count for something meaningful. Look at verse number 18. Verse 18 of 1 Timothy chapter 6. He says that they do good, that they be rich in good works. Ready to distribute, willing to communicate, willing to be part of the community, that their wealth helps them to bless the community, that their wealth is not just for them, it's, for, it's so the community can be blessed. And Timothy, this young man, this timid man of God was told to be firm. And I want to encourage all of our youth, all of our young adults to not allow your youth to get in the way of leading in the kingdom of God. You can be firm and get things done with people who are older than you and richer than you when you have character, when you have maturity and credibility to back you up. What would make, what would make the rich people under Timothy's leadership listen to him was their discernment that Timothy was speaking as a man of God, a servant of God, God's mouth peace God's spokesperson and what would make the rich listen to Timothy was his following after righteousness godliness faith love peace and meekness what would make the rich listen to Timothy was credibility that he could get good things done so don't let your age be a barrier in God using you right now walk in integrity and love the people you're leading love the people you want to impact God has a way of providing the resources to advance his kingdom in the earth 
Now, for all of the rich saints under the sound of my voice, let me charge you to be not high-minded. Rather, be humble. Do not trust in your uncertain riches. Rather, trust in God who gives us richly all things to enjoy. Your wealth can be here today and gone tomorrow. What took you years to build can be decimated in days. Do not trust with, do not trust in your portfolio, but trust in the living God who gives us richly all things to enjoy. Do good with your money. Be rich in good works. Share with the less fortunate. Do good. Doing good with money is necessary when money is financing evil. And let me pause here to give God praise for the good things that, that, that our wealthy and, and blessed saints are doing in, in, in helping Union Grove to do great ministry in the earth. I, I praise God for the generosity that we see in the Grove Zone. Scholarships are being given. Cars are being given away. Family Promise allows us to provide housing and shelter for homeless families. We have supported missions locally and in foreign on foreign land. Seek the Lord as to how he would have you to honor his word with your wealth and obey him. Seek God for how he would have you to do good with your money and obey him. If he tells you to financially support local or foreign missions, obey him. If he tells you to establish a scholarship, obey him. If, he, if the Lord tells you to help the less fortunate single mothers with their needs, obey him. If he tells you to help up and coming entrepreneurs by giving them capital to start a business, obey him. And this firmness, y'all, is so important. It can bring contentment in our lives because it's a blessing to know you are positioning blessed people of God to be blessed in the true life. I'm in verse number 19. Verse 19, Paul says, by doing this, they will be storing up their treasure as a good foundation for the future so that they may experience true life. As I shared with you this past Wednesday during Emana, this life here on earth is bootleg reality in comparison to the life that awaits us in the very presence of God. So our generosity in this life impacts God's graciousness towards us in our eternal life. I want to be blessed now, but I also want to be blessed in eternity. Doing good with money is necessary when money is financing evil. The world has enough people who are in bondage to a love of money. Such a love, Paul says, is the root of all evil. But you, he tells Timothy, but you, man of God. And I tell you, but you, man of God, but you, woman of God, but you, child of God, find contentment in being faithful, be firm, and finally, fend and be content. Fend, fend, and be content. I'm in verses 20 and 21. Timothy, guard what God has entrusted to you. Avoid godless, foolish discussions with those who oppose you with their so-called knowledge. Some people have wandered from the faith by following such foolishness. Paul is telling Timothy, guard, guard what God has deposited into you. Guard, uh, fend, protect, watch over what God has entrusted, what God has deposited into you. And so the question becomes, y'all, what has God entrusted into Timothy's care?
Sound doctrine, y'all. Sound doctrine that can change the world. God, God has made a deposit of sound doctrine, world-changing truth into his servant, Timothy. God has also deposited, watch this, the anointing of the Holy Ghost to preach and teach that doctrine so lives would be changed. God has deposited and trusted Timothy with what has turned Paul's life around for the better. And Paul was telling Timothy he had his own deposit from God. Just as Paul received a deposit from God, Paul tells Timothy, Tim, you have your own deposit from God. When God saved you, he deposited something in your spirit. He deposited something in your life. He deposited sound doctrine. He deposited an anointing to move forth in that doctrine, sharing, preaching, and teaching that doctrine under the anointing of his spirit. Tim, you have your own. And Timothy may not have had exactly everything Paul had, but he had his own deposit from God. He may not have accomplished as much as Paul, but Timothy had his own deposit from God. He may not have had as much influence as Paul, but Timothy had his own deposit from God that God entrusted unto him. Timothy may not have had as much money deposited in his investments as a rich folk he knew, but as a young man, Timothy received a deposit a direct deposit from the divine. And Timothy was told to guard it, to protect it, to watch over it, to secure it, to fend it from the attacks of the enemy who craved to steal, kill, and destroy that deposit. And to all of the youth streaming this word, if you are born again, if you have accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, God has deposited something in you. He has entrusted you with his word, and he has given you his spirit to empower you to share his word and change people's lives. This deposited entrusted into Timothy is not reserved for old preachers or old deacons or old Sunday school teachers. This deposit Timothy had is reserved for anyone of any age, any color, any race who has surrendered their lives to following Jesus Christ. Don't you know that the late great Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. was hurled into the civil rights movement at the tender young age of 25, 26 years old? And watch this. He leveraged the deposit God put in his life with this new technological phenomena that came out in his time called television. It was how it was how Dr. King allowed the sufferings and the beatings and the harassment and the persecution to be televised that propelled and gave momentum to the civil rights movement. And so to you, as you're 25, 26, 35, 36, 15, 16, no matter how young you may be, you can leverage the social media and cause the kingdom of God to advance in the earth. God has put something on the inside of you. God God has put something on the inside of every born again believer. And even if you are young, God can still use you. Some of you here in Warner Robins are aware that some of the peaceful protests that happened right here in Warner Robins was, was mobilized. It was executed and developed by young people in their teens, still in high school. God can use you right now. And so even as God, even as Paul exhorted Timothy, I exhort you to guard what God has in trusted into you protected 
offended. So then the question becomes, y'all, how would Timothy fend? How would Timothy protect or guard this precious endowment from God? Paul told him in verse number 20. In verse 20, he said, by avoiding profane and vain babblings and oppositions of science falsely so-called. These, these things that Paul refers to are discussions with people who opposed the gospel of Jesus Christ. These are conversations with people who would deny that there is a God. They would deny that the Bible is the word of God. They would oppose Jesus being the only begotten son of the father. They would argue against his resurrection and his return. Paul warned Timothy that some followers of Christ have entertained some of those conversations and wandered away from their faith and their fellowship with Jesus. Timothy would have to fend God's deposit into his life by avoiding conversations with people who wanted to argue against salvation through God's son Jesus. Conversations basically that would end up being a waste of Timothy time. Don't you know that there are some conversations that are a waste of your time? Don't you know that there are some people they really don't want to know the truth? They just want to argue and debate and, and on all of that sort of carrying on and Paul says listen those those types of conversations can really amount to nothing more than a waste of your time. And what the devil wants to do, he wants to rob, steal, and kill that deposit that God has made in your life. And the enemy can pull you away with those empty, with those empty arguments. So don't let the devil pull you away from faithful devotion to Christ with those empty arguments or with discouragement or hopelessness. Draw the line with your conversations. Have in your mind is just some conversations that's just a waste of your time. You're not even going to entertain them. Is anybody praying with me today? And I know what you may be wondering. You may be thinking, but Pastor Clark, what about our college students who are going into college and they're taking these philosophy courses and all of these science courses that argue for evolution and alternative sexuality and all kinds of philosophies and Christianity being a white man's religion and, and bring up science stuff that may contradict scripture? My response to that is this. Let God be true in every man a liar be a student of the scriptures if you want to fend and guard and protect what God has put in your spirit what God has put in your life let God be true and every man a liar be a student of the scriptures and watch this not only will this fend God's deposit this will put interest on God's deposit when we put our money in the bank or in stocks or in different investments we're not only protecting our money we're putting it in places where it can draw interest in other words we put our money in certain places where our money can make money and God wants to draw interest on the deposit he put in your life so if you fend if you fend what God has deposited he has a way of putting interest on it so be a student of the heart of God not only will this fend the deposit but this will put interest on God's deposit study him by engaging his word regularly feast on God's word engage in conversation Conversations that help you better understand and appreciate God's word. Fend God's deposit.
deposit by engaging in Bible studies while you matriculate through school. And listen, you should fend God's deposit by having the word of God come through your AirPods while you're on your way to class or on your way to gym or on your way to wherever. By uh, Be committed to being edified rather than being entertained. And this will help you to fend God's deposit and get a little interest put on it. But I truly believe the best way to fend what God has deposited into you is to watch him make withdrawals on what he has deposited. And what I'm saying is God will make withdrawals by working on your behalf. Can I get a witness here? I'm saying that God will move behind his word. And when you watch him move behind his word and bring it to pass, you're watching God make a withdrawal on his deposit. When you watch God do what he said he do, you're watching God make a withdrawal on that deposit that he made into your life. He said he would deliver sinners from darkness just like he delivered you. And God will do just what he said he will do. God said you would do the greater works. And when you watch God move behind his word and do just what he said he would do. Not only is he putting interest on his word. He's putting, he's making a withdrawal from his word. A withdrawal from what he deposited in you. I want you to surrender to God. Let God use you. Guard, fend, protect what has been entrusted unto you. And yes, some people may mock you. They may persecute you. They, they may ridicule you. They may unfriend you. They may unfollow you. They may block you because of your faithfulness to Christ. But if that's the case, let them go ahead and mock you. Let them go ahead and unfriend you. Let them go ahead and unfollow you. Let them go ahead and block you because Jesus promised he'd never leave you nor forsake you. He'll never unfriend you. Never unfollow you. Jesus will never block you. Can I get a witness here? Fend, guard, and protect his deposit by watching God work on your behalf. And haven't you seen him do it before? Haven't you seen God work on your behalf before? I'm sure you have. I, that's probably why you're still sticking with Jesus. That's Despite all that you've gone through, you're sticking with Jesus. After all of the unfair treatment, after all of the persecution, after all your enemies have done to ruin you, you're sticking with Jesus. You've seen him put food on your table. You've seen him make a way out of no way. When you were down to your last dime, you saw him step in right on time. You've seen him provide for you and your family. No one can make you doubt him. You know too much about him. You're sticking with Jesus. And my encouragement to you is to stick with him. Finn, protect what he's deposited into you. And trust, he'll put some interest on it. Trust, he'll make some withdrawals from it. And as he does, you stick with Jesus. Because Jesus will stick with you. Through all the ups and the downs. All of what, whatever, come, whatever comes your way, he will stick with you fend protected and I'm closing by simply telling you that Paul wanted Timothy to stand out Paul didn't want Timothy to, to fall into the traps that the enemy has set for him in the world what God has for you is in the kingdom so keep it kingdom 
Keep it kingdom. You be light. You, you be salt. No matter what they may do, but you, 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 you fend what God has put into your spirit. You, you be faithful to what God has called you to be. You, you be firm with people who may have more than what you have and watch God work in your life. There are too many others who have fallen into the trap of loving money. There are too many others who have fallen into the trap of greed and power and prestige. But you, but you, but you, but you are called of God. You are anointed of God. You are entrusted by God to be a world changer. So listen, flee from what God has said to flee from. Follow after what God said to follow. Fight the good fight of faith. Focus on your role in advancing the kingdom. Be faithful to the one who's faithful to you. Be firm and tell people what God told you to tell them and fend the deposit that God has put inside of you. And God shall do exceeding abundantly above all you could ever ask or think according to his power that still works in you. If you believe it, type amen. If you receive it, just type amen. I receive it and I'm sticking with Jesus. This has been Dr. David Anthony Clark of the Union Grove Missionary Baptist Church of Warner Robins, Georgia. We thank you for listening. If you're ever in the Middle Georgia area, please worship with us. On the behalf of Dr. Clark and the Union Grove family, Thank you for listening.